Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Utah Governor Spencer Cox gave an address today discussing social media and particularly its impact on young people. Uh, This is a crucial conversation we have to get to. It's been widely researched over the past decade. I think we're still just scratching the surface in terms of what it really is and what it really means. And so we want to dig in just a little bit deeper in terms of what the researchers are saying, what we really know, what comes next. And uh, we're really thrilled to have joining us in the studio today, Eliza Pace, digital content producer and digital journalist at KSL-TV. Eliza, thanks for jumping in studio with us. Happy to be here. I know this is an issue that you have focused a lot on and done some deep dive uh, research into. Uh, I want to start by playing just a little bit from Governor Cox as he talked about and kind of framed this important conversation today and then have you respond. Now, we know that social media um, has, has, made, has done some amazing things for all of us as a society. Our ability connected to connect in ways that we never connected before. Um, it is also no secret that uh, the social media has a dark side and uh, that it can lead to severe challenges. All right. So, uh, Eliza, as the, as the governor framed that today, uh, you've, you've kind of seen that. there. Obviously, there are a lot of positives to the technology, and there is this, this dark side. How are we seeing that really begin to manifest, especially coming out of the pandemic? Sure. Well, during the pandemic, a lot more kids were using technology, and then we just see a lot less in-person interactions, obviously, as people were quarantining. Um, but then as a result of that, we have all of these charts of teen mental health and depression rates, and those are just skyrocketed. Okay, uh, so uh, significant as those. So as we play those coming out, uh, I want to play another quick clip from the the governor because this frames something that's uh, near and dear to my heart in terms of specific groups that are being impacted by social media. Again, I'm especially concerned about its effects on 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 our young people, especially girls and young women. Uh, as we were talking, we've been talking about this over the last couple of days. It's one of the great things about being here is the newsroom conversations, the hallway conversations. And Eliza and I connected on this. Uh, the impact on women and young girls in particular, as a guy with seven sisters, a mother, a wife, three daughters and two granddaughters, uh, this is real for me. But how, how are we seeing that actually play out? What do we know? Oh, yeah. Well, so women are disproportionately affected by depression anyway. Um, so the the rate of depression is two to one in women versus men. But then when you take that to a teenage mind going through puberty and adolescence and all those issues and you throw in social media, it's just completely compacted. So research shows that women are more negatively affected by social media over and over and over again. It shows that teenage girls um, are especially more negatively impacted by social media. And, and here's something interesting. So girls, when they look at social media, when they look at something like Instagram – 
after they finish, after they close out the app, they tend to think about it negatively for longer. It stays with them for a few hours、mm. after, while boys do not. So boys close out the app and they're done. Research shows that they do not continue thinking about it. They're okay, but girls continue this negative cycle. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story: the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities. Forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. After that,、uh, I think that is such an important thing for all of us to be thinking about as users, as parents, as grandparents, as friends.、Uh, the fact that a, a, a young boy—it's it, much more of a transactional kind of thing. They—they're on, they're in, and then they're off to to whatever's next and whatever they're chasing. But that young woman、uh, may close out the app, may turn her phone off, or get away from the computer, but still might be ruminating or thinking about that for hours later. Yeah, so it can really impact them for a while after.、Mm. Um, the other interesting thing is that kids, when they're they're not as able to self-regulate as adults are, so when they're in a bad mood or say that they're struggling with depression, they actually seek out more negative content. So instead of like adults might talk to a friend or might seek out content to make them feel better,、um, that it's not the case with teens and especially in teenage girls. They find that they look at content that makes them more depressed and more、mm. unhappy. I want to go back to Governor Cox. He also said that 2010 was really a turning point for a lot of those researching depression and social media. This is rare in mental health data, and it suggests that something changed in the lives of American teens around 2010. So, what changed? Well, we, we all know what changed. Now, let, let me be very clear:、um, this is a correlation.、Um, we're assuming some causation here. I think there's enough data to assume causation. There may be more at work, and I certainly want to take to talk about that a, a little bit later.、Uh, so, as, as you've looked at that in your own study, your own research, what is that really telling us? Yeah, so it's really interesting. We have these charts of when the smartphone emerged in society, right? What year, and then charts of smartphone use, and obviously those increase over time. But if you look at like a, a chart of teen、um, depression. It lines up almost perfectly with the emergence、mm. of smartphone use, and then with social media even more. So we be, see a big spike in depression rates、um, when smartphone use is on the rise, and then we see another big spike around 2011, 2012, which is right around when Instagram and Facebook began to get really, really popular among、mm. teens. Wow!、Uh, one of the other things that、uh, you were chatting about、uh, just before we went on air. Uh, was the fact that there is going to be some research that's a little more Utah centric? Well, of course, we have the big national data pools, and、uh, and that's important.、Uh, but the governor is also saying, hey, we need to do some research that's a little more targeted to the unique facets of the state of Utah. Yes, this is something I'm really, really excited about.、Um, 
So we have a lot of research out there. There's a ton of research that exists telling us that social media is not great for kids or that we need to teach them coping mechanisms. Um, But Governor Cox said today, he said, I do not have Utah numbers, but that's certainly something we're working on. And that's the first time I've heard that they're actually working on getting some numbers and getting some information and research on teens in Utah. So that's exciting. That's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, Awesome. And then finally, Eliza, before I let you go, uh, back to the rest of your job. What's the one thing that you wish we were having a different conversation about when it comes to our young people and social media? I guess just the education on coping mechanisms. Because I think people kind of see it as black and white, like, oh, if it's bad, then we shouldn't give it to kids at all. And I, I don't think that we're doing them any favors by them avoiding it because mm-hmm. then they get it secretly. And that's even worse if they're not telling us what they're doing. So I think the best thing we can do is teach them coping mechanisms on what to do when they see certain things or how to avoid certain things or how to deal with their depression when things affect them negatively. And and we don't have that. We we give kids phones and we give them social media, but we don't give them any resources. Yeah. Yeah. I think having that uh, some guardrails up are, are really important. Uh, I had a good friend of mine uh, shared with some young people in our neighborhood recently, uh, just helping them understand how these algorithms and how these uh, things work on social media. And, and he took them through just very simply. You know, if you if you pick on a certain kind of car, then suddenly you've got several ads coming up about that car. You're getting content about colors of those cars and tires for those cars. And yes. the more you click on those, it's such an exponential number yes. uh, so fast. And whether that's clicking on good things or clicking on bad things, uh, it's exponential. Uh, and I think just helping people understand, I, th- I think this is all people, not just young people. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I'm amazed absolutely. at the things that pop up on my feed now. It's like, well, why am I getting, you know, 67 things about pizza? You know, am I really yes. that hungry? <laughs> yes. Well, and once you understand, you know, once kids understand how it works and how the apps actually kind of target them to stay on the app longer, which they've proven makes depression worse, right? Right. Once they understand that, then they have more of an ability to self-regulate and have Mm. more of those healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Uh, Being able to self-regulate, understand what restraint looks like and feels like, uh, and then having those coping mechanisms is so important. This is a crucial conversation. We're going to continue this and we're going to bring Eliza back on another day to do a little deeper dive because I know you're still digging into all this. Eliza Pace, digital content producer and digital journalist for KSL-TV. Uh, she's extensively studied social media and its impact on teens and mental health. And again, this is a crucial conversation. We've all got to lean into this one. Eliza, thanks for helping us get there. Thanks so much. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more inside sources coming up next on KSL News Radio. Stick around. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.